Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Awesome. So what is up, besties? Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. And uh, I'm excited because we got, we actually have some topics today. I'm excited because uh, my brother, this is Jill, by the way. What's up, Jill? This is Danny J. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It always feels so awkward because I've like, we're often talking and then I'm like, oh, by the way, this is By the way. Yeah. And uh, my brother Connor is in town uh, visiting me and he's a big reading guy, big podcast guy. So he was getting ready to leave and go down to to breakfast. I'm like, hey, I'm jumping on to record with Danny. Give me some, give me some ideas. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, I'll think of some other way. So he sent me a few. And then we oh, have some love DMs from uh, some people, which is we always appreciate from you guys. We got some ideas, things to riff on. So we're excited. Yes, I'm super excited. So this one is kind of fun. And she said she'd like to stay anonymous, but oh. <laughs> this is so funny. She said, long time listener, first time caller. And just a funny emoji. <laughs> this is literally in the DMs. Um, she said, I have an episode request. What are some things that you, Danny and Jill, disagree about? I think that now more than ever, many folks have dysfunctional relationships because we think in order to feel safe and secure in relationships, we have to be clones of each other's opinions. So modeling healthy disagreement or difference within close relationships is a cool thing. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And I think this was fantastic because it's so true. And it's almost, um, especially with social media, it's like we're in these echo chambers where everyone just wants to listen to what they believe is true. And they get super pissed if someone else disagrees. And it's just this weird, like we just can't have different opinions anymore. It feels like, especially I feel almost since 2016 elections, I feel like it's gotten worse and maybe it's just, I've noticed, or I I don't know, but I feel like the last four or five years, it's gotten worse and worse where differing opinions make people I don't know, weird versions of each other and make, make people angry and like lose friendships. I think you, uh, I know you in particular have had some friends that maybe have like almost called you out and, um, maybe lost yeah. a little bit of close friendships because you didn't quite agree or see things the same way. So I'm excited to talk this about was, this. And, and yeah. Ours. I mean, that's a good, and, and we can kind of go into this. Yeah. We had some interesting things ha- or I had something interesting happen. Uh, I guess it was several years ago. It's about four years ago now. And, um, 
I went to, if people, maybe you guys know, have heard of Jordan Peterson. So Jordan Peterson is like a, I don't know how to describe him. He's a, he's a professor. He's like a philosophy guy, like kind of philosopher, like a modern day philosopher. If you guys are familiar with like Sam Harris and some of these people, um, and they just like debate and that's sort of their thing. And he had this book called the 12 rules for life. And it, when it came out, I bought it and it was like a little bit hard for me to get through. I didn't like quite get through it. Um, and he was coming into town and he was going to be, uh, doing a, like a book tour. And so at the time I wasn't like super familiar with him, but I was like, oh, like I'm always looking for stuff to do in LA. So Keith and I went to it and, um, you know, I'm sitting there listening to his stuff and I had shared on social media that I was going to it and, um, without really knowing too much about him and not really like, not, I'm going to say I do my research, but I'm also just like, what, whatever it's like speaking as someone, someone talking at a thing. So uh, I went and I had a long time friend of mine, someone I really considered to be like literally a really close friend respond to my story and say, he's a known racist and he's a known, um, misogynist. And like, I can't believe that with your audience that you would be promoting this guy promoting. Yeah. You know, and that was, um, it was really uh, upsetting because this is a good friend of mine, you know, and it was also just, uh, I think just disorienting. Cause I like, didn't really know what he was talking about, you know? Um, and like, since then I've sort of like looked into it a little bit and certainly there are some signs that he has that maybe some like racist undertones and stuff like that. Um, I I'm not like a huge fan or anything. I'm not like, Oh, it's my number one guy. Like I'm promoting it on social. I just literally said I was at the thing. Um, but yeah. And then immediately this friend of mine, unfollowed me on all platforms. Um, that was it. Like literally I responded to his message and he didn't respond back. And it was, it was a guy. Um, and that was really upsetting because I was like, wait, we have a relationship. Like I've stayed at your house multiple Mm -hmm. times and to not even be able to have a conversation. I was frankly shocked. Um, you know, and I really, um, what's the word? Like I grieved the relationship for, you know, a few months after that. Um, and it's not that he was wrong and I was right, or he was right. And I was wrong. I think the thing that was the hardest for me was the fact that we, he wouldn't even have a conversation just mm-hmm. unfollowed me on all platforms. It seemed a little bit over the top to me, especially for someone who's a friend, like, but I guess, again, I guess that's the, someone's prerogative though, too, right. If they're just like, that's a line in the sand for him. And that was it. And that's where his headspace was at in that moment. Then I get, I mean, whatever people can do whatever they want. I just really felt, um, just, what's the word? Disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointed that he wouldn't even have a conversation with me. And I wasn't sitting there trying to defend my position. In fact, I like, didn't even know that he had these, that that guy had these claims against him, you know? So it wasn't that I was like, like going to town and like defending Jordan Peterson. I just was really like, wow. And I think I even wrote back, like, thanks for letting me know. I didn't even know that, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea. And then he didn't respond to that. So that, is upsetting, you know? And I don't think that, again, I don't think he's wrong for doing that. That's his line of the sand. It was just surprising and frankly shocking actually at the time. Um, And so to your point about being able to have a conversation, it's someone's prerogative. They don't want to, they have a line in the sand, like, Hey, you know, if you're a, um, you're a Democrat and you are liberal and then someone votes for Trump, maybe that's just a line in the sand for you. And you're just like, I can't even talk to that person, whatever, you know? And it's not to say that you ever need to come to a consensus. I think that's the issue is that you never have to agree and you never even have to have a conversation if that's just your line in the sand. 
But I would say we're all better for engaging in the conversation, even if the end of the conversation ends up being we agree to disagree. And I, you know, I actually don't see it from your perspective, even, (laughs) you know, I think that's okay too. I don't even know if I agree with you right now that it's okay. (laughs) I think (laughs) that it's actually not okay. I think it's really immature to judge someone based on just like they read a thing or, or saw something and then, or even just like, say you will not talk to Trump supporters. I remember seeing this on Bumble when we were dating, when we were dating. So it was right around the election, um, in 2016. And like, if you don't like, if you like Trump swipe left, or if you like Hillary swipe left. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't say everything about you to know about a person just because they're voting one way or another. You have no idea why someone is voting one way or another. I think that we can, as humans, relate on some level. Like I could sit in a room, be a really strong, staunch Trump supporter with a really strong, staunch Bernie supporter, like very opposite ends of the spectrum and still come together on like both of our mothers had cancer and passed away. And we can relate on a personal level. So I really don't think it's okay to just cut someone out of your life because they just have a different belief. I think think maybe stranger, it's fine. Like that's the thing. It's like on social media. Sure. Like whatever. It's like, you don't know these people, like you're not, uh, you don't have to have a conversation, right? I'm not like you just message me on Instagram. I don't know you let's now have a conversation. I'm like, that's a waste of my fucking time. Right. Sure. But when it's someone who's in your life, like actually in your life, yeah, then I agree with you. I think it is immature and I don't understand it unless, and that's why I was like, wow, this has nothing to do with me. Like I noticed that in the moment of that experience, I was like, wow, this has nothing to do with me. I have no idea what's going on with him. Yeah at all. And come to find out he was going through like relationship stuff and like his own sort of like midlife crisis and all these kind of things. And, um, yeah, it was, it was jarring. So I, I I don't think you need to have a conversation with a stranger who just like says like, I don't agree with you. It's like, I'm not going to do that. Right. But in your life, then I think being open to having that conversation makes everyone better. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree there. So this caller, I like calling people callers. Actually, I feel like this is a radio station caller. Uh, this caller wanted to know stuff that we disagreed on. And so I thought this was a great, uh, something I, that popped into my mind. We did an episode about two years ago on marriage. Would we get married again? Mm-hmm. And at the time we both had kind of different ideas. Uh, I was like, yes, definitely. And you were kind of like, hell no. And so we both kind of didn't agree there, except now we've both shifted <laughs> And I'm really more of a, uh, I don't really care that much anymore. It's not a big deal to me. It doesn't have the same weight as I felt it did. In fact, even for off and on during the last few years, I've been terrified of the idea, to be honest, like, Whoa, God, no. Um, and I feel like you've shifted a little bit on that one too. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I'd be interested in how, why you've kind of shifted away from it, you know, to be someone, and I'll just be honest, like, I'm not like trying to get married. That's not something that's like, I'm like a goal of mine. We've did a whole episode on like, if you're, if the goal isn't marriage, then why are you in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Which of course mm-hmm. is like plenty of reasons to be in an amazing partnership without getting married. Um, but I think when you're with someone that you are building a life with, and at some point you just go, yeah, I think if, if, he wanted to, I would, I wouldn't be like, no. Right. Like, and we haven't really had that conversation too much. So it's not like something that's on the table, but I think that if it was something he wanted to do, I would say yes, but yeah. it's not. Um, but I'm, so I I'm interested for you, especially because you were like, yes, I definitely want that again, but you've sort of cooled down with that. Why? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know exactly why, except I think it has let's to talk do about why with you're, why are you to be scared? Actually, I think what I'm scared of is making a wrong decision. So I feel like, and I guess this is where it comes to, and it's same thing like with religion. I see this a lot where people are so certain, you know, um, I grew up in a very, I don't know if you would use the evangelical word, but kind of evangelical type of just people just really strong in their beliefs. And we would have this thing called testimony meeting where people would go up and they just say how much they believed in like knew, knew the church was true. And I remember meeting other people at different churches who knew, knew that theirs is true. And I was like, how can one person know? So like you could not change their mind about their beliefs. They were, they were like, we, this is the true church. This is the God I believe in. And yet someone else in a completely who have completely different beliefs to believe just as strongly. And so I have this, like I, I was started, I guess I just started to see a lot of people get engaged on social media lately and see their posts and how like, they just know that this is their person and this is their, um, soulmate. And these are people who that's their first marriage, but because of that, and because of the certainty that I had with my first one, I no longer have that certainty. So I feel like I'm scared to, to say yes, or, and I don't necessarily feel this at this moment, but I've had these moments of like, like if he asked me, I don't know if I could be certain. And so I guess I would just have to be saying yes with the uncertainty of like, yeah, I think this is what it is for now, but <laughs> I like, it could be fucked up in a couple of years. So I think it's this fear that I don't feel the same as I used to feel. Um, I feel a little bit like I got messed up by my marriage and that now I really consider that this may not be. So I, I, I guess I question my own, um, um, not knowledge, but, uh, belief or, uh, conviction. No, knowing. Yeah. Conviction. Like, can I even trust my own knowing if I knew mm. so strongly that it was mm -hmm. right and it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I've seen people in religion who know so strongly, but like, how can all of them be right? If they all have different ideas and they know, I'm like, how can we even trust ourselves at all that we know that this is the person or this is the thing. And of course it just goes back to like, okay, I could always get a divorce again. Right. I, I mean, always, I think like, that's where I'm at. I'm I was just like, I don't know. I've already gotten divorced. I agree with yeah. you though. And we did the episode recently on like what it's like to be in a long-term relationship after divorce. Yeah. And I think right now I'm a lot less like this needs to be for like, you know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, yeah let's get married. Like whatever. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> see like, what happens. Yeah. I'm like, it's been great for the last however many years. Like why yeah. not? It's just a label. Right. So I guess yeah. I, I see it as less serious mm -hmm. than I used to. I think I used to see it as like a, a big, huge monumental decision. And there's probably people listening to this right now that are like, it is a big monumental decision. And it is for some people, but I think I'm a lot less like that. I'm like, I don't know what's the worst that can happen. You get divorced. All right. Whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's where I, um, <laughs> maybe that's it's, where it is. Maybe it still is a big monumental decision. So I'm like, ah, yeah, I can't do I it. Know. Well, you're being a know. lot more responsible, I think than I am. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. Let's get married this weekend. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. We're Not to mention, I'm, I think I, I mean, I'm with someone who doesn't want to get married. So and I think it's kind of a good point. <laughs> Yeah. So there's that. And then, you know, it, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to unpack this in my own brain. Like you asking me actually is the first time that's made me think about it. I feel like this is something I need to discuss with my counselor later today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, actually speaking of that. So I, I had a session with my counselor last week and I was just, you know, telling her these ideas and issues I had. And I was like, well, this is going to happen. Then I have to break up. She goes, 
why do you have to break up if something isn't working? And I was like, oh, I don't know. She's like, can't you just wait? And I was like, you know what? That's something my best friend would tell me. <laughs> She's like, I like her. I forgot to tell you that. That's so funny. She's like, you don't have to make a decision to just stay or go because of, you know, this or that. Like sometimes there could just be a nothing happens for a while. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not everything right. is about. <laughs> it doesn't have to be hell yes or hell no. It's like, all I'm right, like, there's some oh. time and space. We can work yeah. through this thing. She's like you don't you don't have to, she's like, every relationship doesn't have to end because of there's one issue. And I was like, Oh, really? <laughs> she's like, well, well what's like, your goal? Are right. you trying to get married and have kids right now? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, then what's the problem? And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Right. It's like, okay. Like, yeah. If we're like the, the biological clock is ticking and you're like, yeah, I gotta find the right person. Cause I gotta have this baby, you know, then that's a right. little bit of a different urgency, <laughs> but if not, dude, you can chill for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I guess there's a really that cool too. thing about, yeah. And I, I think that's a really cool thing about being in a relationship post-divorce, long-term relationship, building a life with someone being in your forties. Like I feel really good. You know, I don't feel like there's a lot like needing to ride on this relationship. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it has to be this, like it just, and I'm very clear that if I was alone, I'd be okay. Like I have the, the money to be alone. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah this is great right now. So it's not like it's a, what's it called? Like a, like a black, all or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it is what it is for now and things are great. Yeah. All right. This episode has been brought to you by the happiness diet. Woo woo. Love the happiness diet. So you guys, if you are not familiar with this, go to the and check out this program is amazing. It's a program that Danny and I put together. Um, and it's really, really juicy. If you love the conversations we have here, if you are into personal development, if you're into relationships, if you're into kind of being able to like up-level your emotional self, your mental, emotional self, uh, this program is amazing. Uh, both of us contributed one of our sort of like our own brainchild. As you guys know, if you're listening to this, Danny and I, we have a lot of similar similarities in our story. And we have a lot of, you know, similar ways we come at things, but we also have some different sort of takeaways and different ways that we kind of help our clients and we help ourselves even, uh, through some of our biggest emotional turmoil. So for example, if you're going through something with your relationship, if you're wanting to, um, really, I mean, I don't want to say like level up your life, but if you do have a situation you're trying to work through, if you find yourself getting in your own way, if you're dealing with insecurities, if you're dealing with, um, you know, ways of just maybe finding yourself needing to like start over and have a better perspective. And really at the end of the day, the happiness diet is a mindset course. It is one that we put together and it is really juicy. And the feedback that we've gotten so far is that it's really, it's, it's going to really challenge you because it's not going to be comfortable. Anytime you guys know this, if you're doing personal development work, if you're doing mindset work, it's challenging because it brings you face to face with all of your sort of own BS and your own insecurities and your own triggers, but in a service so that you can start working through them. So there's videos, there's email automation, there's all these different ways that this, this information, these tools and strategies are, are laid out so you can start implementing and practicing this stuff. It's so good. Um, the course is just for you. If you want to stop defending, de- deflecting, justifying, and just be ready to create a life that you 
love and are unapologetic. And we talk so much about communication. We put all of our tools in here. It has insights, frameworks, and just actual real tools and strategies that you can pull from us. And of course, we'll be sharing plenty of our crazy, funny stories from our own lives and also some of our stories from clients to just help you give real life examples and make big changes in your life. So go over to thehappinessdiet.com, check it out. You will get immediate access once you pay and you can start working on that life right away. So there was another one I wanted to bring up and I think cause it's a hot topic. Um, and I don't know, you and I haven't really discussed, discussed it, but we did do different things. So, uh, the vaccine, I'm just going to say it, the fucking vaccine. Yep. There's so, the word. Yep. So I had wanted to talk about this, but I guess we didn't need to do a whole episode, but this is good because it was something we didn't not necessarily agree or disagree on, but we chose different things. Um, I chose not to get vaccinated and you chose to get vaccinated. And I know that this is something that is really, really contentious in a lot of circles where literally I have a, an old client whose family would not let her come to Thanksgiving dinner without a mask because she wasn't vaccinated. And so she had to sit with her family at the table wearing a mask and they were even like not wanting her to come, but she's like, this is my family and my grandson wants to see the grandparents. And so there are some really big lines in the sand and people, and I've seen online where people are like, if you're not, well, even the fucking white house, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to have a winter of death and sickness. So, um, that was a big piece, but we, I think, um, the it was, it's, it's a polarizing decision. Yes, And, yeah. you know, maybe you had this, you had a moment where someone actually DM'd you about basically saying that if you're not vaccinated, it was like something about a small business shutting down or something like that. Remember when that person was like, you're literally responsible for killing people if you don't get vaccinated or something like that. It was like, it was like five steps down the road. We were like, what is yes. she even talking about? So she was basically, if I can remember right, she you were was saying, like, Hey, a small business owner, like should be able to open up this, their business. It's a yes. private business. They should yep. open it up. And then she took it. Like you were saying that people sh- should just, should that you ch- don't care she about was life. basically saying, I don't care about children actually specifically. So this was a Canadian, uh, a Canadian woman who I saw a guy from Canada he said that these restaurants were not, and he owned a restaurant, small business owner, which we know these small business owners were really hurt during the pandemic. A lot of them had to shut down. Walmart stayed open, grocery stores stayed open, these small businesses, salons, all of them had to shut down, really hurt businesses bad. Now they're allowed to reopen, but they are required to ask for uh, vaccine passports at the door to let people eat. So he's like, and if we don't do it, we get it. I think it was like a million dollar fine. It was an outrageous fine for, I believe it didn't, the crime didn't fit the, or the punishment didn't fit the crime, like a million dollars. So he's like, look, we're, I don't think it's fair. I don't think the punishment fits the crime to have to pay a million dollar fine. If I let someone eat in my restaurant, which I need the money. So it's cutting, not only am I already losing money in my restaurant, but now I'm going to lose more money if I have to require this, you know, to happen. And so this lady, so I shared the guy's video and my whole point was about the businesses. Businesses shouldn't have to be, um, shouldn't be punished and have to be forced to force other people to do something in order to allow business to occur in their, um, to, to have business in their own private business. If it's a publicly funded and federally funded thing, whatever, that's fine. That's the government's right. 
So anyway, that was my whole point is like, this, this is a little ridiculous. These they're punishing these business owners who are already hurting and now they're giving them fines so that they're going to go bankrupt and lose their jobs and lose their, their entire life livelihood. And she went off on me basically saying that I care more about this people being able to eat in a restaurant than children dying. And she sent me a picture of this kid who had cancer, who was waiting in the parking lot of a hospital just to get in. And she was like, you want this little boy to die? I'm like, okay, first off, how do I want a little boy to die? That's not even the case. And then she kind of threw my mom in there, how I care more about like, you know, my mom got special care and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, she just made it really personal which had nothing to do with anything I was trying to say. And I think that we can have a yes and conversation here. I think I can not want children to die and also want business owners to be able to run their business and choose how they do it. And so I think that there's an important conversation to be had that we can have. And like, I think you understood this and you were vaccinated and you weren't like, Danny, you're a child killing, you know, murderer because you believe this. And so I think this is the kind of thing and the kind of conversations that we, that are more nuanced and not like black and white, like someone who wants to run their business doesn't want children to die. Like, I don't see how those are two things are related. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people are doing is they're putting a hierarchy of like importance on stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're going, you know, if they're making it like, this is more important than that. There's just a lot of self-righteousness. That's like, if you don't, if you want small business owners to be able to operate safely, you want, like, they take that as like, you're against like helping people stay safe or Mm -hmm. stay healthy in the pandemic. You know, I think that's, there's a, it doesn't like to your point, it's not a, not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you decided not to get the vaccine, I don't even know if you decided, I just think, I just, I know you didn't, you guys didn't get it. Um, to me, it didn't, it wasn't anything to me, to me, I see it as a personal choice. That's sort of how I saw it. And I think it's, you know, I guess it is like, quote, a a place of privilege to have that opinion. I think the reason why so many people get so upset about, uh, people not getting vaccinated is probably because they have someone in their life that maybe they lost to COVID or complications from something else that, you know, or got COVID or they maybe lost someone. So I think that those are the people on social media that I see being the most, the loudest and the most polarizing and the most like won't even entertain a conversation about economics or business or anything like that. Um, And so maybe it's that I haven't lost someone to COVID. So I don't really, you know what I mean? But I do believe in, in doing what we can to protect those who are vulnerable, you know? And so I don't know if I was someone who was immunocompromised and, you know, whether I had illness or whatever, for whatever reason, I would be really careful because I just would know that about myself. So chances are I'd probably get vaccinated. I would probably not go to go out in public crowds, you know, where there's like a lot of people, even if they're wearing masks, I probably wouldn't, you know? And so I think that we have a responsibility to understand who we are and what, you know what I mean? I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me is like, who are you? And like, how are you taking steps to protect yourself and maybe protect people who are immunocompromised? So, you know, whether or not you're for against a mask for against, you know, vaccines, I personally got the vaccine because I wanted to be able to travel. And I felt like 
there was just going to be a lot more of a headache if I didn't. And I wanted, and I wanted to continue traveling. So I was like, this to me is not a big deal. I don't see it as like a moral dilemma. I think a lot of people see like, if you get vaccinated, you're a sheep. Mm-hmm. It was like, I made the decision to get it, you know, and I'm not against vaccines. I'm not pro vaccine. I'm not against vaccine. I'm just like, just give me the fucking shot so I can live my life. That was yeah. literally how I was with it. And I don't know if you changed the way you acted because you didn't get it, or it was just like, I'm not like, did you take any precautions because you didn't get it? Did you feel any sense of like responsibility? Like I need to, cause that's the thing. That was the thing I was the most concerned about was I could easily have it and be asymptomatic uh-huh. and be out there spreading it without knowing it. And by the way, you guys, like I still got COVID, right? <laughs> so Danny got it. And then yeah. I also got it, yeah. but I was already, but I was vaccinated. So it's not like it kept you from getting it. Right. Um, you know, I think that's a huge misconception, but it at least pr- maybe protected it's the ability for me to, to, uh, pass it along or whatever. So it's interesting. Originally I had just thought I would get it eventually, Uh, you know, they rolled it out in the fall of 2020. That was when my mom got her surgery. I think my dad got it right away. Um, because he was over 65. So he was allowed to. So at first it was like only certain groups could get it. It was rolling out slowly. So I was like, okay, I'll get it eventually. Like maybe next year or something. Um, and then we, I remember going December, 2020, taking my mom to her oncology appointment. And I asked the doctor if she needed to get it, um, because she had cancer and he said, no, he didn't want her to get it. Cause he didn't think it was good for her while she was ta- doing her treatments. So cool. Thumbs up. Didn't do it at that point. It was still 65 and over like certain groups. I think later in this January, February, March, it started to open up uh, to more people. I was just like not in line to get it. And also I was already doing some travel. And so you had to have it within like a certain time. Like you had to have your two shots within a certain time frame, which wasn't going to work for my schedule. Um, but then every time, every time I went to her oncology appointment, which was every single month, I'd ask again, Hey, does she need to get it? Is she good? Should we get it? And her doctor just kept saying, no, don't worry about it. And then I started, once we were able to, I was like, should I get it for her? And he said, he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. Like, we don't really know much about it yet. So for me, I was asking a doctor an oncologist, and I was living with an immunocompromised person. And when I didn't get the like urge from him to get it, I just didn't think it was a big deal. And then I would say it was probably around, um, may that they were saying, if, even if you're vaccinated, you can still get it and you can still spread it. So then at that point I was just like, well, what's the point if I'm going to get it and can still spread it, why even bother with the shot? So then that, that, that point, I just did make a decision at first. I was like, yeah, I'll get it when I get it. It was just kind of pushed back. I asked the doctors, they were kind of laissez faire about it. And then when I realized you could still spread it and you can still get it, I really thought, what's the fucking point of going and bothering with this shot, if I can still get sick. So that was really my whole thing. Mm -hmm. Again, same as you though. I'm not like anti-vax. I'm not pro-vax for everything. I also don't think you're a sheep. If you got it, I don't think, um, I don't, it just was a weird thing, but I did feel like certain people I, and uh, you know, Courtney, she was just on the last episode or one of the last episodes. And she's, um, our producer, she had friends that were Like she said, like, if they find out that I'm not vaccinated, they won't talk to me. And so she was very scared of, and I was like, that's really sad that some of your friends maybe not might not be friends if you're not. And then I also, I personally had friends who just assumed I was. So I finally, um, I did get COVID in November and I was one of the only unvaccinated people who got it out of a group of nine who were, 
which I thought was interesting. But um, a friend of mine was like, oh, your vax probably wore off by now. And I didn't say anything. I was like, she just assumed that I was. So it was a weird, it was a really weird thing um, to be. I almost felt like with certain friends and people like Jeff and I knew we almost couldn't say or Mm -hmm. admit that we weren't um, for fear of being judged or like shunned, you know? Yeah. There were a lot um, of there, not a lot, but there's a handful of people I know who didn't get vaccinated. They kind of said the same thing to me. Like they're just Mm -hmm. in groups of people and they're going, Oh, we're all back. So it's fine. Right. Like, and just assuming that everyone is, you know, we went to Hawaii for the month of December and we had to show our vaccine card everywhere on Hawaii. And I think it was because of an Island at the time. And even the city of Los Angeles started requiring you to show your vaccine card at restaurants. I don't think they are anymore. I think that is over now, but they were at some point I'm in LA County, not LA city. So in LA County, we never had to, but in LA city, you have to, and I have, I know people who got forged cards, you know? So it's at this point, I think we're kind of seeing like, and unfortunately there's sort of no way to measure if this actually worked. You know what I mean? Like there's really just no way to measure, like did people getting vaccinated save lives? We're just not going to have that information. How could Mm -hmm. we, you know, especially when we know that people who got vaccinated still can get the virus and can still pass on the virus. So it's like, I don't know, at the end of the day, it, it was, it is what it is. I think I have a hard time or I had a hard time with people being like, if you get this, you're a sheep. I'm like, dude, it's just yeah. a fucking little prick. Right. right. But they're like you're buying into, I don't know, these drug companies getting more money and keeping people sick and whatever. And I was just like, I don't think about it that hard personally. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, I want to go to fucking Hawaii. I need to have my little vaccine card. Just give me the shot. Let's do it. <laughs> just let me into this country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but to your point, like the point of this of like, can you have a conversation with someone who has a different opinion than you? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, just hearing you say why you got it and I can listen to that and go and understand and same, like you can ask me why I didn't and understand you can still go, well, you're selfish. You should have got it. Your mom had cancer. And I could have been like, cool, but her doctor said no. So I'm going to still listen to the doctor. I'm not going to listen to the quote science on the television. I'm going to ask the actual doctor that we're talking to. So I think this is the the other piece of everyone has their own individual. We all have our own way of seeing the world. Like we're seeing through certain glasses and, and we all have blinders too. So unfortunately, and same with this whole echo chamber thing is we tend to look at the news that proves our own point. So like this woman is like, look at this kid who can't get into the hospital. She's like finding these examples. And I could find examples of, I don't know, small business owners being put out of business and going homeless because they can't, you know, open their shops. We can all find examples of why things are worse or, you know, justify our opinion. But I think it is so important to have open conversations and ask why, instead of just assuming that you're just a selfish person or you're just a sheep, like these are just very black and white ideas about people of why they do something. And I always think there's, there's deeper reasons, there's valid fears. I mean, even the even the sheep conversation, why I don't believe that's the thing, but I do think that these conspiracy theorists, like it did get scary to like, who do you trust? Like we're trusting CNN, we're trusting Fox, we're trusting these politicians. Like you, people did start to go, I can't trust anyone. So if anything, I'm just going to protect my body and not let anybody shoot anything. I mean, I'm not thinking they're putting, um, I don't know, microchips in our arms and doing weird (laughs) stuff, but who fucking knows? Like 
there's a lot of weird stuff going on. So those are also valid concerns. And you can see how people can jump to these conclusions that something weird is going on because there was a lot of mistrust. Mm -hmm. But I do, I do think that it's important that we can have conversations and, and maybe have different outcomes. Like I don't necessarily say I disagree with you getting it or not. Like in this point, we'd, I wouldn't say we disagree with each other, but we did make different choices for ourselves. And I think that we can have disagreements and make different choices for ourselves and respect each other's, um, choices and opinions. Well, I think that's the thing that was right. I think that was the biggest, um, issue I had with the whole, like, you're a sheep if you get it, because I think that part of society is very much all about personal responsibility and and free choice. So Mm -hmm. me getting the vaccine was my choice. That was my Mm -hmm. conscious choice. Right. It wasn't like, oh, I wasn't sitting there being like, I'm so scared. I have to get this thing because the government's telling me. I think there again, there's just misconceptions around that, too. So if you are of someone who's like, hey, it's your body, you can do what you want. And I'm like, yes. And what I want is to get the shot. I'm very conscious about that. Right. I'm not going like it's because the government or because the whatever. I'm just like, I want to be able to travel. And that's the government role is you need to have this thing. And so. Um, I think we can have a more nuanced conversation without putting people into um, categories and just putting people into a box. And to your point, I think it takes a level of maturity and a level of wanting to have a nuanced conversation. And a lot of people can't handle that. You know, I think it goes to emotional maturity, emotional maturity. integrity to be able to hold space for someone else's experience while at the same time still having what you believe. And I think, I don't know if people, I don't know why that people don't want to have that conversation. Maybe they feel threatened. Maybe it makes them feel, maybe they feel self-righteous. Maybe they just, they can't have a conversation where there's any sort of conflict because they feel like they're in a fight. And I know a lot of people avoid confrontation. So it just feels easier to just say everyone over here is fucked up. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I guess it takes more mental energy and more emotional energy to have a nuanced conversation than it does to just like blanket put people. And I think it comes down, honestly, I think it comes down to certainty, right? A sense of safety. Mm-hmm. If I can just say everyone who didn't get the vaccine is irresponsible, selfish, and a baby killer, that's a lot easier than mm-hmm. having a long conversation to understand why someone decided not to get it. So I think yeah. it's safe, right? I can just flag all those people as fucked up. And then I know that I'm on the right side of history. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a sense of certainty in that. Okay. I'm on the right side of history. I'm good. I'm doing the right thing. And by the way, it's the same on the other side, right? They could look at someone who gets vaccinated and say the same thing and just put them into a bucket and then that's it. And so I, I don't know why people don't want to have these conversations. And by the way, we said this in another episode, a hard conversation doesn't have to be heated conversation. I think a lot of people are really worried to have that like emotional or that it doesn't have to be emotional. Like you can literally be like, cool, tell me why you did what you did or why you chose to do what you did. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I didn't do that and it's fine. And neither one of us are right or wrong. We just did what was best for us. And that's really the highest level of personal responsibility and personal choice and free will. Mm, yes, I agree. I, I think I was really lucky too. in that, you know, I was living with my parents, taking care of my mom. My dad got the vaccine right away. Um, he got both shots and he didn't say anything to us about it. He was just like, I need to protect myself and protect my wife. That was his belief. He didn't expect us to do so. My brother, um, and his wife got it 
And he made a little bit more comments about me not doing it. But um, it's interesting because I felt like if you're doing it to protect yourself, then you're protected and you're good. So whatever, what I do <laughs> in my family <laughs> is maybe not going to affect you. Although that was the, the other side of the argument is like, you people are getting everybody else sick. So I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting experience. I'm glad we're talking about it now because what's happening now, which is really funny, is literally all the mandates are being lifted, all the masks are being off, and it's like it never existed, which is very bizarre. So I was like, what the fuck just happened in the last two years of history? Was this like the stupidest thing that ever existed in our lives? Um, but yeah, I think this is a good conversation, uh, especially just because it's a heated one, it, not for us, but I think for a lot of people. And it's a, I feel like this is a good example of something that maybe two people may not agree on and yet can still have a respectful, um, respectful disagreement or just respect the other person's opinions or actions. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this was helpful. I, hope, I don't think there's anything else we disagree on. <laughs> I was trying to think of that. I know. And you know what? I think even if we do disagree, what always happens is you'll share your side and then I'm like, oh, I can see that. Or I'll share it. And you're like, I can see that. And then suddenly we're like, yeah, I, I agree there too. It's yeah. like literally like a piece or maybe just a way we say something we're like, yeah, actually, mm-hmm, I could see how that you know? And I think that's really the whole piece of coming to is maybe just trying to be able to see things from someone else that you don't have to see and agree and do what they did. But if you can see it from the way they see it, like try to put yourself in their shoes, put their glasses on. I think that helps a ton in communication. And so you don't necessarily have to agree with someone's actions or why they did something, but if you can see why they chose from their perspective, it can help diffuse so much anger, resentment, and like discord, because you can go, okay, I can see from your point of view, why you would choose that. Mm -hmm. And I can respect that. And I think there's something to be said for that. Mm -hmm. Maybe not everything. I'm just not like just blanket statements. So don't, so don't come at me. Like someone raped a child. That's never okay. Like, yes. Right there's certain things, but for the most part, like general disagreements, I think we can really, well, and that goes back to like, I think your first point in this podcast, which is a level of certainty, right? I personally find it a red flag. If someone just says like, that's just bad across the board. I mean, or like, or like, that's just wrong or like, and like, it's so, and I think that's where some of these conversations escalate because someone is so certain and they're so convicted and they're so self-righteous that when you're talking to someone who literally gives nothing is never like, Oh, I could see that. Like, doesn't give you any sort of, and it's just very much like you're wrong. No one's going to respond well to that. So that's probably yeah. why some of these conversations escalate. Someone's like, Nope, you're wrong. Can't see it. Nope. You're absolutely wrong. Then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's fucking fight motherfucker. You can't, you can't even <laughs> have a conversation with me. You know what I mean? So you have that feeling inside too. So I think I think you also have to sort of stay away from that language that is so certain and so right and wrong and black and white. Like, again, just like that certainty or that level of um, of conviction feels safe for people. It's like, as long as I just hold the line. Right. And then so if you're talking to someone like that, I don't blame you for getting into an argument. (laughs) So true. So true. And if you're being like that, chill out, man chill out, man. Yeah, I'm being why so angry. <laughs> anyway, thanks for messaging, uh, this question. And, um, 
idea for a topic anonymous. We appreciate it. Caller, caller number seven. Um, <laughs> would love if you, if anyone else has something like this juicy stuff, just things you want us to riff on, send us a DM at the best life podcast on Instagram, um, or jump into our Facebook group and add to the conversation post in there. And you can find that at the best life podcast.com. Boom. All right. Thank you guys. See you on the next- we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.